0: Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Alamo Draft House and tonight's airtime. I will start us off by introducing the goddess of airtime.
1: I'll take that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Kitty Goddard.
1: Oh, oh, thank you for the meager applause. <laughs> anyway, well, no, really, really, that's great. <laughs> no. Anyway, welcome to Airtime and um I have a I have a couple of sort of uh, very interesting programming notes for you tonight. And that is, first of all, some of you realize maybe that this is not what was r- originally scheduled for this evening. Um our guest artist was to have been um a professor from UT Austin um and it turns out that he had a family emergency, and so as a result, we were very pleased to be able to uh, capture one of our good friends and Crystal Givens to come and serve as our guest artist tonight. So then there was the other faction who said, so does that mean that we're not getting to see Blazing Saddles? And I said, yes, that would be what that would mean. So hopefully we will have Blazing Saddles on the agenda uh, for season eight of airtime, Anyway, so thank you all for being here. But what I wanted to share with you very quickly is AIR has a sister program called SEED. And before anybody asks me, no, SEED is not an acronym for anything. It's just it made sense for us that SEED went with water. I mean, SEED went with AIR. You can see where this may be going. Anyway, and um, SEED is a very informal gathering of creatives. And we come together generally about once a month, and it's a time for somebody to share about what they do and ask for advice, um, networking, and just learn more about what the creative community in the area is doing. And we've had creatives ranging from electronic toy designers to uh, an artist who creates incredible works out of altered books. Then we have also had um, uh, the healing power of music, as well as the profound effects of poetry, not only in listening and reading it, but in writing poetry yourself. A vast array of creativity. Um, We've had issues controlling our program in the sense that we never could quite get it scheduled the way we liked it, and so we were listening to the creative community, and they said, we wanna tie it into airtime. So that's what we're doing. So starting this month, Uh, We will have our SEED session next Thursday evening, and as it turns out, it's going to be at Alchemy Music, so this is a perfect segue from Crystal, who's our artist tonight. And our guest um, sharing at SEED next week will be Manasseh Durkin, and he's a recent Leadership Richardson graduate who recognized a need in the community, and rather than just recognizing a need, he chose to create a solution. So he has started what is called the 1849 Project, and we are very supportive of this. It is geared towards arts goers and creatives who are between the ages of 18 and 49. And we recognize that that's a tough audience sometimes to capture because their likes might be different from a a more mature patron of the arts. So we're doing all we can to try to provide opportunities that capture them and want them to be involved and participatory in Richardson and keep the creativity here. So uh, you are all invited to Seed next Thursday at Alchemy, which uh, you can find their address at Alchemy Music online. It's at... Uh, the Promenade Center off of Coit and Arapaho. We begin at 6 o'clock, we end at 7.30. There will be light refreshments, and it's free. So come share, uh, get to know some new friends, and uh, enjoy a seed session, and maybe water will finally develop. We don't know yet. <laughs> anyway, but... We are very excited about that opportunity, and as a result, we will be doing the similar process in April, after our April airtime, which I will tell you about um, in April. So um, that is it for my words, and I'm so pleased to have with us tonight Crystal Givens, who is not only a, uh, a power music person in the area, but a good friend to air, and uh, she's a uh, helped us a whole lot in a lot of different ways. So we are very pleased to have her as our guest artist, and also back as our commentator, Mr. David Fisher.
0: Thank you, Kitty. So welcome to the March session of Airtime Season 7, presented by AIR, Arts Incubator of Richardson, in partnership with the Alamo Drafthouse in Richardson, Texas. Airtime is a signature artist interview series featuring artists and creative thinkers in Richardson and the Dallas-Fort Worth area where artists share about their art and why their creativity makes a difference. Airtime is funded in part through the generosity of Eric Weiss with Wealthstar advisors and through a grant from the City of Richardson Cultural Arts Commission. As Kitty said, tonight's creative guest is Miss Crystal Givens, who is the owner and manager of Alchemy Music Academy. So please welcome Crystal. Thank you. So, of course, I want you to tell us about Alchemy Music, but first, I want you to tell us what what is your definition of alchemy?
2: Oh, okay. Um, so, there's the traditional classical. Definition where um, uh, taking the elements and making gold. Um, I've always thought that uh, it actually came from when I first started in web development and the agency that I worked at, we could make our own titles. And I wanted to come up with something cool and fancy. So um, I was like, well, I'm creating things from uh, different elements. Um, so I I found the the alchemy, and I kind of studied alchemy, um, and I felt like it was a good um, match. So it's it's creating wonderful things out of various elements. Um, I haven't figured out how to make gold yet, though. Um, If anybody figures that out, let me know.
0: So tell us about uh, alchemy music, how it came about, and
2: what it does. uh, So alchemy music uh, came about from me looking for a music school for my daughter. Um, She was singing and and I was like, I want to find someone that can help her uh, learn how to uh, follow that dream. And I really couldn't find anything that I felt had um, kind of looked at her specifically and uh, could um, work, help her as a whole artist and, and create a love for music. Um, it was just all very straightforward. Vocals, it, you know, go in for thirty minutes and come out, and we sing a song, and that was it. And I really was looking for something more with more depth, a holistic view. And so, um, the I have to go back a little bit because I started out in music. I was a I always loved music, and I started out in marketing. Uh, in my 20s, worked at distribution companies and record labels as a uh, field rep uh, back when there were record stores on every corner, way back in the day. Um, So I was the person that drove around and made sure that there was POP up and um, the little posters and made sure that record stores were playing the music. Um, And so I've always loved music. And the other part of this is I'm not a musician and I'm not a singer. but I felt like there was a place for me still in music um, and that was supporting the artists. Um, So fast forward um, about 10 years and I realized uh, there was Napster and I needed uh, to step out of the music business and so I started um, working in digital agency at at a digital agency as a project manager and I did that for about 15 years had a kid, got married. Um, she grew into wanting to sing, so back to the beginning of the story. And I started looking at re- music schools and did not see one that kind of addressed me, what I, I was seeing um, as a love of music. And so I created this school, Alchemy, to not only provide private lessons, but also the development of um the love of music, um, and uh, teaching all the aspects that go along with music. So the marketing side, the brand, um, social media. Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question right, but because it, it was you're very actually int- answering
0: several questions okay. ahead. Already. Well,
2: and it, it's such it's so much more involved than just. I just had an idea. I wanted to open up a music school. There was there's a long story behind it. So. That's why I had to kind of go back.
0: So uh, you mentioned record stores. What was the first album you ever bought?
2: April Wine.
0: Mm. Yes. Did you have four, Kmart. Did, did you have forty fives as well?
2: Um, I had I had eight tracks. Uh, I, I still have eight tracks. Nice. I, I love vinyl. In fact, one of the things that we do um, in the summertime for our summer camps, and I this. I don't play music and so I can't really teach <laughs> music. Um, but my course that I do is vinyl appreciation or record appreciation. Um, so for the whole day we teach kids how to appreciate the, um, the LP, how to look at it and open it and put it on the turntable and teach them how to run a turntable. Then we take them to a record store. They buy their first um, vinyl so I've seen 15 kids purchase their first vinyl, and um, about three or four of our kids last summer actually had their parents go out and buy a turntable after having our course. So that's why I that's why I started Alchemy. I think that's a good example of why I started off Well, and I, I,
0: you just reminded me, I have a 12-year-old, and uh, it was so painful. As he was been growing up, I would say things that meant absolutely nothing to him <laughs> because he had never had a record player, or never had a to I would say something like, dial it down a little. But mm-hmm. he's never had a thing that had dials on it. Or I'd say, or and then he asked me one day, he said, Dad, what's a B-side? The B-side, yes, Exactly. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, you were, so you weren't an artist yourself, but you're, when we were talking before uh, that your real passion and talent was in marketing and branding and management, how did you discover that passion? When did you first, wh- what was it about the lemonade stand or the whatever you did as a kid that let your marketing and branding and management blossom?
2: Wow, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I think it found me. Um, I, again, you know, I, I had a love, an intense love of music. I started out um, when I was probably eight years old, went to piano lessons, and um, was extremely intimidated by it. Um, it was in a group setting, and I was, uh, you know, I had to go home and do the hour rehearsal. My mom's like, over there, you've got to play that over and over again. And then I had to have the recital, and I was like, ugh. Um... But I loved music, and so I would draw the album covers, um, you know, on pieces of paper, and then I'd post them on the wall. And I loved logos, and then I would go through all the record, um, the the magazines, and find out all the names of the different bands. And so I guess I I have a deep. interest in how they were promoting themselves so I got into the logos and you know why that logo and why did they do it this way and, and the fact that they would have multiple logos it's like well why is that um so it was it started young and then I um I I just found myself in in um in a marketing company now that I think about it because uh, I was away I waited tables for a good seven or eight years while I was working at the various music distributors and record labels and um, I've, I've done a lot of different jobs, Kirby vacuum cleaners to dry cleaning to um, waiting tables, selling perfume door to door. I've done a lot of jobs. Um, so um, I then did the music marketing and, uh, which I just found myself in, in that role. Uh, a, a gentleman was working at, I believe, Columbia Records. He saw me out there, beating the pavement, promoting uh, music and he said, I need you to come in. I'm starting in a, a, a grassroots marketing company. I was like, okay. And um, so I created a, the first, my first, Database using access of all the skate shops nationwide and and mom-and-pop record stores and um, alternative uh, College radio stations, and it's just what you had to do. I knew that that's what the next thing was that I needed to do so um, It's just been a a continual progression out of need of what I to to do That makes sense. That's great. That's
0: great. (laughs) So uh, your bio on the on the website uh, talks states that the old school cookie cutter approach, pardon me for the page turning, the old school cookie cutter approach to teaching music is no longer sufficient. And I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but what to you is that cookie cutter approach?
2: Um, They come in to a small room, work with your instructor and then leave and then expect to go home and rehearse and then come back and repeat and keep them interested. Um, with kids nowadays, they have media, and media is being thrown at them um, constantly, and so their attention span is growing smaller and smaller and smaller. So you've got to keep them interested. Um, and so alchemy is, is we, we have private lessons in the small room, don't get me wrong. Um, but the goal is to get them outside of the small room and get them into a group setting. So we actually have a venue at the school, and we create bands. Um, so uh, as uh, our singers progress, as our guitars, guitarists and our bass players and our drummers progress, we find out what style of music they are enjoying, what skill level they are, personalities, what are they wanting to do. And we build bands out of them, um, from them, with them, and then get them out performing. Um,
0: so you mentioned mentored rehearsals so that it would be yeah in in theater as a director i think the 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 best work comes when you're actually getting that give and take and back and forth and saying try it this way Mm -hmm. and then they actually get to do that in real time and then they discover where you if you were just playing at home in a in your quiet room you're not going to discover that or perhaps not discover it as easily Right,
2: and there's so many opportunities to um, teach um, being in that in the, and I love the term mentored because um, mentoring to me does mean a holistic um, way of of sharing your skill, your your knowledge and your skills. Um, it's more than teaching the notes on a guitar and teaching theory. It's about why, are you playing? Why did you choose to play? And also, it's the feelings deep inside that the music is helping you relate and, and express. And so, there's a lot of getting down deep <laughs> with, with our students. Say, you know, you have gotta connect with the music. It's not just about playing. It's about knowing, uh, feeling it, being in the moment. Um, um, so the mentoring aspect is, I mean, we're very, very blessed to have the instructors that we have. In fact, I have one here tonight, Austin Cope. Um, and we're, I'm so blessed to have, have them because they get it. Um, we don't just take any instructor. They have to get the holistic idea of digging a little deeper. And every single one of our students is unique in finding out what makes them tick and why are they, why are they even in our four walls. So the mentoring part is is part of that.
0: I think so much of our, I mean, so much of our conversation just in the world and the nation is about the importance of music education and for children and that it helps you with life in general, mm-hmm. and, and let alone math and science and all those other things. But your school is sort of one level above that. It's not just experiential or feeling. You're really training people to be professional musicians or at least... Pointing them in that direction is that right?
2: Um, we can, and I don't think that every everyone that comes in is going to be a professional musician. But if we, if that kind of leads me to the PCG element, mm-hmm. um, which we may touch on a little bit later. But um, my most important, um, uh, what is most important to me, is that anyone that comes in to our school leaves with an appreciation of music, whether they get really great at it or not. I have kids that, you know, they're, they are going to be able to play in their room or, you know, strum out a, a song at Christmas time or the holidays, or, and, and that's fine and that's great. Um, I don't want them to have that, that pressure. Not everybody's going to go to Juilliard. We want them to have a love of music first and foremost. Um, And then if they do have an affinity for it and a talent for it, then we can take them to that next level. Um, But, again, every student is different. Every single one of them have a different need. I've had one, in fact, I've had one kiddo that um, uh, rather than go into her lesson, she just needed to talk. So we, I I took her into my office, and and we just talked for a good 30 minutes. But... um, it, it helped, so it's it's every single every single one of them.
0: But that personal important. bond was probably more effective in the big picture mm-hmm. of her performing than it would have been mm-hmm. to just sing it through five more times. Yep, that's true. So how do you te- how do you find and pick your teachers?
2: Um, word of mouth. Um, most of the instructors that we have um, were friends of other instructors. Um, I've been in the music business since I was very, very young, even when I was in my digital world, um, you know, uh, typical digital agency. It's funny, the majority of people that I've met in the digital agency world were all musicians. (laughs) Most of them had a love of music. Um, So I've always been around musicians, so it wasn't really too difficult. When I was starting the school, that was the least of my worries, was finding musicians. Um, they're, They're out there. It's
0: just finding the right ones. How do you know when a teacher is the wrong one?
2: Oh, you know that pretty quickly. <laughs> um, you know, it's, um, and I do, I really do realize it pretty quickly and it could be for a multiple, it could be multiple reasons, but why are they in there to begin with? Do they really enjoy teaching or are they doing it because they have to? Um, I have teachers that have to do it, but they also enjoy it. But the fact that, if they're in there just because they have to, and they're ju- it's just 30 minutes for them, then that's not the right teacher for us. And they may be great, they may be a really great teacher, but in the long run, um, they aren't really going to, they're, they're, they will not be able to connect to that student that I need that teacher to connect to at some point in time.
0: Do you find that certain students connect with different teachers at different times? Absolutely,
2: um, as and, and, and I taught to all of my instructors coming in, letting them know that um, it's about a relationship. Um, It's chemistry, alchemy, it's chemistry. Um, So uh, the student has to connect with the instructor, but the instructor has to connect with the student as well. Um, Another thing that we have implemented is um, evaluations. So um, every six to eight weeks, sometimes longer depending on the student, we have another instructor evaluate that student and where they are. It's kind of like the second opinion. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's actually, what I've seen is that when another instructor comes in that um, and, and evaluates a student that has been with this other instructor for six months to a year, they bring another um, view. And so they can say, you know what, I think you might need to do this. And the other instructor's like, aha. That's a great idea. And so it gives another, um, it, it keeps us all fresh because s- things can get stale.
0: I've always been amazed by uh, kids who start uh, playing the violin or the piano or doing any of that at a very, very young age. Mm. Um, how do you feel the different ages, elementary five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds, how do they differ in how they learn or express or...
2: Yeah. relate to music so it, it, it comes back down to um, the different um, children um, you know I've I, I, the youngest students we've had played percussion drums and they were um, two and a half twins and it was adorable I'm just, it, I mean and they just had this these heads of curly locked hair and you just the photo op, oh my gosh. Um, but, why? And, and, you know, I was hesitant, um, but the parents were adamant. And they were like, no, they drum on everything. I'm like, all right, so, you know, I want you to set your expectations. <laughs> They're not going to come out as, um, you know, professional drummers. What they ended up doing was just learning to count and stay in time and that's music that's teaching and they were behind a full-size drum kit uh, their little feet couldn't touch but that's okay because we weren't working on that we were just trying to keep time and they they did very well they stayed with us for about five months and the only reason they stopped was because one twin was more into it than the other one. So the other one was just kind of, oh, I don't want to be there. But the other one was, like, really into it. So we realized that, you know, let them grow up a little bit and and come on back. But um, so they were a great example of they were the right kids at the right age at, at that time. I would not recommend that to everyone.
0: Now, what do you do when the parents want... The music lesson more than the child wants the music lesson.
2: I tell them right up front, this is the most important thing. There there are classical music schools out there. There's plenty of them. Um, I tell them up front, you know who we are and what we're doing. And um, let's say uh, mom comes in, mom and dad are we? They need to be learning piano, learning theory, learning to read music. I'm like, okay, I've got a great instructor for that. But if that if if that child is being forced and uh, being pulled along and I'll talk to the instructors and ask and, I'll, and they'll know um, then I would have a, a conversation with the parents and say you know is, is piano the right thing you know maybe they should be doing something else and I'll I'll put a guitar in their hand or take them by the drum room and say look at that um, and, and, and singing you know a uh, we, I would say um, 75% of our students are vocalists um, that pick up another instrument. And multi-instrumentalists are coming up more and more. Um, more and more of our kids um, play more than one instrument. And um, so going back to, to mom, if they're not enjoying it, there's no point. That's another school, not us. I want them to first love music. That's the most important thing. So it's
0: not about practicing. It's about loving the music and doing what you love.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they're enjoying it, um, and if they really connect with it, because uh, that's just like, what, uh, it, when it happens, it happens. And then it, it's a switch. Um, they will want to learn the theory. That will come. If they're really into it, they're going to want to learn why and how. how why is... Why do I? Why is that chord different than this chord? They're gonna want to know that. So let them make that decision. Let them be in, uh, be in control of their journey, their musical journey.
0: So you uh, spoke earlier about your newest endeavor, which is PCG Universal. Tell us about how that came about and how it wor- aligns with Alchemy and what your plans are.
2: Um. So uh, one of the. Realizations I had uh, once we started was, you know, there are the different uh, talent levels. And um, I had some students that um, were progressing quite nicely. And I could only take them so far. Um, I, I don't have those connections I used to when I was in the industry. Uh, nor do I want to go out and cultivate those relationships. Um, so I needed to make sure that I had some place that was a safe place that I could take those kids and, and, and hand them over. Um, and that was daunting because the music business is not, it it is everything that you've heard. (laughs) There, it's a really, really tough business and there are a lot of sharks out there and, um, a lot of people that you would not want to trust your kids with. Um, so for about a year and a half, I was looking and interviewing for artist management, um, talent development companies, um, coast to coast. Um, about uh, in October, October 20, 2016, PCG uh, contacted me about doing one of their um, boot camps and their venue had closed their doors. And so I was a last minute and they came, I met the owner. I was like, okay, he gets it very, very, um, very good heart he understood um, what we were trying to do. He understood uh, and he saw the value of what we're trying to accomplish. And um, so that was just five months ago. Um, but they were looking to expand for the first time. So they were fairly new. They were at the same point we were um, in in that regard. And um, so I've been very happy with it. They, uh, they can take our kids that are ready for that to that next level. They, I, I like to con- call them an immersion program. So they will basically immerse you in the Nashville um, uh, music industry with Grammy award-winning um, producers, songwriters, um, uh, just about anything you need. Uh, to to create an album and get you either on the voice if that's where you want to go it's I don't recommend it for everyone. Um, uh, get get um, signed to a label or get um, if you're a songwriter, possibly uh, get um, some licensing. They they will help you take you to that next level.
0: So how important is this mentorship and education? I mean, can't you just teach yourself and learn how to make a YouTube video and become famous?
2: I am so glad you asked that. Um, it's because it, people have. They have, and and you know that's, I, and I have actually told um, a parent to go home and check out YouTube, um, because yes, you can learn to play guitar, the basics on YouTube, but. The guy on the other side of YouTube is not going to connect with you eye to eye and and understand what your needs are and how, like I said earlier, the the connection you have with music. Um, It it is a relationship, it is a, a chemistry between student and instructor, student and mentor that we offer that you cannot get on YouTube. There's also all of the business behind it. Now, if you are wanting to take it to the next level and be the next um, Chance the Rapper, which is a really a great, great thing that he won. I'm, I'm really thrilled because it shows that you can do it. It's DIY. You, you just need to know the tools and what to do, when to do it. There's so many elements. Uh, there's the branding. There's you know, production, and, and I, I keep, the list goes on.
0: And we can help with that. You were talking about connection and and that connection between the teacher and the student. What about the connection between the artist and the audience?
2: It's so important. Um, So, uh, performance. We offer performance instruction. That's one of the reasons why we have a venue in the school. It's a small venue. But um, it's important to get them on stage so that they realize that when they're performing, your performance does not stop at the end of the stage. It goes to the very back of the room to the very last person in the room and beyond. Um, whatever, when you're performing, you are performing to everyone that is in earshot and can hear you and or see you, um, and, and that is important as something else we teach.
0: So if you had to think of a student uh, that just makes you so proud, happy, fulfilled, the, to get up in the morning and do what you do. Tell us one of those stories.
2: There's a lot. I'm um, oh, um, picking one. Um, I guess one of them would be uh, Frankie Lee. Um, she's been with us since almost the beginning. Um, she came in and was just beginning to sing and was not playing guitar and was very shy was not able to connect with the audience. And now, um, she's playing just about every other weekend. Um, In fact, we have shows, singer-songwriter showcases uh, once a month, every third Friday, I believe, at Richardson Food Truck Park. So you should check that out sometime. And please um, be a patron of the Richardson Food Truck Park, great people over there. But our, our kiddos perform there. And she's amazing. She's um, managing her own backing band, session players. Um, she does videos, and she's um, she has great banter, you know, in between songs, and is connecting with the audience. And um, that is that's what that's
0: what it is. And how old is she? Oh gosh, fourteen. <laughs> yeah. And where do you see her in ten years? Oh, um, gosh, the sky's the limit. Um, she's, she's
2: one of those kiddos that's not so overly ambitious that she can't enjoy the moment, which is also so important. And, and um, so she's still a kid. And so this is, she's enjoying it right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that she, in 10 years, looks back and said, I had a really great time doing that but it's not what I ended up going to college for. And um, who knows, maybe she'll pick it back up again. Or she could be the next big thing. I mean, I don't know. It's, um, I'm, just, I'm just happy to guide her and help her um, with where she is today.
0: So what about a story of a kid who made you tear your hair out and say, ah, why do I do this? you don't you can leave the names out
2: no i'm really i, I I'm, I'm i had okay I, I have one i have one um so we have an afternoon music program and it's um it's basically you get uh, we pick up kids from three of the surrounding elementary schools and we bring them and um my daughter's shaking her head up there she's like yeah i know you're um, so, <laughs> this, uh, and we do music appreciation, by the way, and it's uh, an hour long music appreciation class, and it's not your typical music appreciation, it is humanities based music appreciation. It's so awesome. It's put on by Gail Kowalski, um, who is absolutely amazing. I digress. Um, so, we had this one kiddo, and he was a terror. He was Dennis the Menace, and um, he was not there for music or for anything else. His parents just had a one, I think pay, there was no more room at the end. There was no more room in pace, and so uh, we were available, and they sent him with us, and he was the tornado that went through the entire school, and um, he didn't last very long with us because we, it, it just wasn't a good fit, but um, I, there were moments I'm like, oh, my God. Why am I doing this? So
0: do you ever have conflicts in between? You, know, you I know you put bands together. What do you, how, how do you uh, nurture or deal with, I'm sure, interpersonal relationships um, when you have five musicians? On. Oh yeah. I mean, you have divas and oh, angry yeah. people and,
2: and hormones because yeah, well. we got kids that are teenagers. Um, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, but that's that is why we do it, and and that I find that fun. You know, it's it's being able to say I've been there, done that, and it's okay. We're gonna make it through it, um, and teaching them that it's oh it is okay. And sometimes they may not be the right fit for that band, and having that conversation with them so that they're not having to have it on their own, because we have bands that come to us already formed. And can you imagine these teenagers trying to deal with that and not having anyone but parents trying to have that conversation for them? And kids don't listen to their parents. I know that that's shocking, but it's true. But the parents almost always are saying the right thing. But if I say it, it's like, aha, aha. And I'm like, I know. And, and the parents are like, I've been telling them that forever. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's it's true. You know, kids are like, oh, you're just mom. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, so it's it's part of that. And that's that's really where I feel like we're able to provide a service that is is beneficial.
0: So uh, we can take some questions from the audience, if uh, if there are any, and. Do you ever, have, uh, yeah. you ever have a student who works on one instrument, and then you have a light bulb go off that it needs to be somewhere else?
2: Yes, and yes, I do, and yet yeah, that that does happen. Um, or they just need to blend the 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 uh, instruments. For example, it happens more often with vocalists and guitar. You know, it, you have a vocalist that really does need to start playing guitar, but I also see guitarists switching over to bass. Or um go guitar going into drums um, or drums coming over to singing it's 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 constant, but that's where that multi instrumentalist um, comes into play A lot of these kids are it's it's exploration,
0: which is is so fun It's very fun did my you ever own have fear fear get in the way of your creative endeavors and how did you deal with that
2: um, embrace it um, it, it it is the driving force. Um, fear can be the thing that, um, it, it is the creative element. When, when you're faced with fail, failure, um, you realize they can start to think of different ways to, to approach something. Um, so I, I try very hard not to let fear um, um, be a negative, I'll try and turn it into a positive and use it it's kind of what we tell kiddos when they're going on stage you know um, the anxiety uh, that you're that you get Um, don't let that be fear let it be anxiety let it be energy let that energy be what is going to help you project
0: more questions in the back in the middle What song off the April Wine favorite?
2: Oh gosh It's on the tip of my tongue It's um,
0: and Can you hum a few bars?
2: Oh you would do this to me um, it's, a, it's actually a love song Believe it or not And Oh gosh Just Between You and Me That's it Thank you Great, great album Great band yep. <laughs> I almost started singing a bar
0: Way in the back What are your thoughts about music education in the Dallas-Fort Worth area?
2: So um, what do I think about music education in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? And I think there's multiple options for that. There's music education in the public school system, private school system, um, private schools, such as alchemy Um, and I believe that Dallas-Fort Worth has has um, is it there's something happening here now that is amazing I think and in our colleges and universities DBU UNT we have UNT and in in um, Denton which um, is historically a a breeding ground of amazing musical talent Um, so I think that we have an, a, a wonderful um, we have wonderful options. know, um, so I'm not quite sure I understand the question. I mean, I I think we the public system. If I understand your your question, okay. So for there's public schools, the public schools uh, in music. I think there's it's UIL based. I feel like there's so much um, focus on UIL that it takes away from um, just generating that, that love of music. Now, luckily, we have some amazing instructors in the public school system, and they can only do so much because they they have this constraint of what the public school system has them do and meet. And so I think it's a little backwards because it's coming back, but that's, that's by administrators saying this is what we want. Luckily, we have teachers that do their very best to, to create a love of music. Um, I think that has to change. I do think the, the administration needs to change their thoughts on, on the arts. And um, so, I don't know if that actually answered the question.
0: But One more question, over here on the left. Yeah. Did you go to school for music or did you go to school for something else?
2: I I did not. I actually got my GED. I did not go to college. Um I just I worked darn hard. <laughs> um and um clawed my way to where I am. Um, but I I wish I had. I I really really wish I had um gone to college. Um but I probably would not have gone to college for music I would have probably gone to school for business. I wish I want to go back. I would love to go back and get a degree in business. Um, so how do I help um, those that are singing in the shower and the closet uh, musician? Because um, there's also those that you know are playing guitar when nobody's looking. Um, the shadow. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that guitar in, in the in the back closet. Um, I love that. Um, in fact, I mean, we are all ages and all genre, and we do have a lot of adult um, uh, students that um, the majority of them come in and say, yeah, I haven't picked up an instrument since I was a teenager, but I I really want to play at the campfire, you know, I just want to, I don't want to learn theory, I just want to be able to play a couple of songs. I'm like, bring it on. Let's help you do that. That it doesn't matter the age. Um, my oldest student uh, was my mom, and uh, she's 70, holding and playing piano. And she she hadn't played and had instruction. And boy, was she happy during that time period. Um, she's gone. She switched over to painting now, but um, <laughs> but. It, wasn't, it was not for lack of love of, of the piano, but she has arthritis. But, um, you know, so the, you, it's, you're never too old. And uh, whatever skill level, it doesn't matter. If you enjoy it, that's what matters.
0: So go out and take some music lessons, everyone. Right. <laughs> so we'll finish up with uh, our favorite part of the uh, evening, our TSQ, our 10 short questions. So, uh, just to give give us the first uh, answer that comes to your mind, and uh, we'll we'll burn through these. Okay. So, number one, Mexican food or Chinese food? Mexican. Number two, appetizers or dessert?
2: Dark chocolate.
0: As an appetizer or dessert? Yes. Mm-hmm. Number three, <laughs> Beethoven or Mozart? I. Mozart. Number four, water skiing or snow skiing? Water. Number five, your favorite TV show to binge watch?
2: Um, oh, gosh, there's a few. Um, American Horror Story?
0: Oh. Number six, a city you would love to spend a week in?
2: Oh, uh, Scotland or Edinburgh.
0: Number seven, the one artist or band that you wish you could have met before they died or broke up. (sighs) Zebra? All right.
2: That was funny. Number eight.
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to look them up. Number eight, a current artist or band that you'd really like to beat. Beat? or Meet. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Depeche Mode. Number nine, what's the, what, what's the next song up on the shuffle on your iPod?
2: Oh, uh, winter.
0: And what's the one phrase of advice that you give to all of your students?
2: Oh, mm. Be true to yourself, I guess. You know, just be honest with yourself.
0: Thank you. And thank you, Crystal Givens, and everyone for being here. We will welcome Miss Kitty back.
2: And thank you, Kitty. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to seed more than ever next week to learn more about alchemy and Crystal. Thank you both. It was great. Um, Four quick things. Number one. Uh, those of you who attended Ricochet 16 back in October, which was a day-long uh, festival of creativity in the arts here in Richardson that was presented by AIR, uh, Crystal and our roadie, Chris Simons over here, provided, yeah, a big hand for Chris. Anyway, uh, they provided all of the youth bands that we had at Gallatin Park. And um, we had a full day of incredible talent. So what Crystal has shared is all true. And it was just so exciting and invigorating. And it was really wonderful that AIR was able to provide opportunities for all of these very talented young people. So keep that in mind. It goes beyond just the classroom. Uh, Secondly... Um, I would be a terrible hostess if I did not recognize Susan Yost, who is here in our audience tonight, who is my cohort in crime with Seed. And so she's really the one who redesigned Seed for us and everything. So if you see Susan after the movie, please thank her. She's been uh, a true godsend. Thirdly, if you want to find more about Seed, it is Seed underscore creativity online and also on Facebook. And then um, our April airtime will be April the 12th, and it will be with Sarah Reem, who is a, res- a Richardson resident, and she is an author and playwright, to name just a few of her talents. And the movie will be Birdman the following week on April the 20th, We will have Seed at Marcus Cafe featuring Sarah. She has agreed to do our our Seed program that following week. So you can come to Marcus Cafe on the 20th and learn more about her playwriting and her. So anyway, thank you all for being here, and I love seeing a lot of familiar faces. And enjoy the movie. Thank you all.